Welcome everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. Welcome to our science fiction movie podcast. And of course we talk about movies. We get together, we watch the movie and we discuss it. It's really quite that simple. And with this episode we're actually returning to a franchise that we've been slowly just plucking away at over the last like year year and a half it's been a while like we've, we've spread these ones out but this is the original invisible man franchise from universal so we started with the original 1933 classic and then we did invisible man's revenge was that the name of the second one i forget and then invisible woman was the third one and then this is the fourth film invisible agent so we're going to dive into this we will yeah, we'll start a little spoiler-free. We'll give you a sense if it's worth watching. And now I realise it's from 1942, and you're probably... Because some people are really adamant. They think that once you're past a certain age... that But no, everyone should have the, the option of opting out if they want to watch something that's old without spoilers. Everyone should have that choice. Do we do spoiler-free for the other ones other than the first one? I believe so. Okay. I don't remember, but my instinct says we did. Okay. Yeah, we probably did then. We probably did. I feel like the only time I throw it out is when it's just a complete, like, one out of ten piece of trash movie that's like, no, 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 no one should care about spoilers. We're just diving in. <laughs> so. Yeah, bonus episodes, we don't really do that. Yeah, bonus episodes, for the most part, we don't do spoiler-free sections because there's no point. But uh, occasionally we will if there's, like, a good movie that we find in there. Something worth watching. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, uh, what is Invisible Agent uh, specifically? It is, as the title would imply, it's taking a slightly different spin on the, the formula on this franchise, where we're actually set in World War II, and not only set in World War II, we're actually made <laughs> during World War II. It's 1942 when this came out, which is actually mm-hmm. probably one of the things that I may talk about the most in this, is just all of the hijinks and comedy around like the Nazi characters, when I'm like, this is happening right now! Why are you yeah. making dumb jokes about this? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Like, there's so many things in, like, modern, like, history that we've lived through that I'm like, I can't imagine, like, Hollywood putting out a movie, like, cracking with, like, you know, hijinks characters, you know, impersonating, you know. Oh, I don't know. I, there's so many, like, World War Two movies that were, like, very hijinksy. Like, even when you watch the movies about like prisoners of war at the time they're all just like <laughs> i don't know like they're they're slapstick humor films yeah but i'm thinking of like modern day stuff though i, I mean i'm sure yeah some satire stuff will do it but this is not a sat- satirical film this no. is just this is no. just a film that happens to be set in this the setting and it uh, has a lot of comedy in it There's, there is a difference yeah. so, you know because obviously if you look at like something i don't know uh like team america i've never seen team america but i'm sure that had a lot of like terrorist stuff in it and things like that but that's very satirical right by its nature it's supposed to be kind of poking at you know topical things whereas with this i get it doesn't feel like that it just feels like oh it's we're going to use the modern world as a setting and say oh what if we sent an agent to germany that was invisible that's that's the uh, basic premise. Yeah, it seems very like a movie for America, who needs to have like a uh, something something to uh, I don't know, just like not take their mind off the war, obviously, but like 
kind of make fun of what's happening at the moment just so they can feel a bit better well, about it the, i don't know the sad part is is that early on in the film it, it kind of feels like it's relatively serious like it doesn't feel like it's just going to be like as funny or as light-hearted as some of the previous invisible films but then once the actual plot gets going and we get we're actually in germany it just turns into the same sort of hijinks that we've had before and i thought tonally it felt kind of weird and off and i, I just i'm like this was a this was an opportunity to do something different, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it from a premise perspective it feels like it starts to do that, and then once it actually gets going though it just be, kind of becomes and I guess I'm revealing what I think of it here, but it just kind of becomes the weakest version of a lot of the same humor that we've had in the previous films. Yes, and not only that, but like the stakes are much higher, and like he seems to be trying to expose himself, like a lot. And I'm not making yeah. an invisible man joke here. I'm, I mean, like, he's he's constantly, like, pushing the envelope of being caught. Like, I, I would actually like... When the a, stakes are, like, really high. I would like a dead serious version of this premise. Mm-hmm. Where they send someone in behind enemy lines who's invisible to steal secrets. Like, there actually could be some really tense stuff in that. where Because, you, you know... When you think of like the, the general Invisible Man premise, and it's usually the Invisible Man's the, the, the villain, right? Or the antagonist. The mm-hmm. boogeyman, if you will. Right? And you think of the modern 2021 with Elizabeth Moss, and that was a great movie, and it really played with the idea of, like, you're kind of watching for Earth in the room to move because it's playing with the suspense and the tension. Mm-hmm. I think the concept of this movie and a, like, and a serious take on it could be very in- entertaining and suspenseful because you have this idea of okay, all these villains are in a room and they know that there might be someone in there that's invisible and they're sort of looking for them and you don't know if they're going to like, like hit him or touch him but when they're feeling around or maybe they mm-hmm. see something that looks like, oh, was that like the wind that moved that? Or was, was, that, was that him? Was that that invisible bastard? But there's yeah, so I much mean, potential. could have been very good. Yeah, there's so much sure. potential and unfortunately, like, I think each of the three before this Obviously, the first one's just, a, you know, amazing. It's a classic, and we praise the heavens out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think both the second one and Woman both had positives, and we, we kind of came out of both of those movies with fairly mm-hmm. nice things to say. I mean, they're not as good as the first one. Obviously, they're not as well-remembered, and they shouldn't be as well-remembered as no, the first one. No, but they're one. kind of surprisingly entertaining and good yeah. still. I, I think the last one especially. I, the second one... Got more inventive with okay now people know he's in, there's someone invisible so it, it became this like okay oh, how do they try to catch him now and some of that was actually quite fun in the, the back mm-hmm. like 20 30 minutes of the movie and then the third one Invisible Woman it was like oh yeah you know what swapping the gender actually did shake up the formula a little bit so it was yeah the humor was similar but it was having that different spin on it and because mm-hmm. of that it felt a little bit fresh again this yeah. film once it gets to the humor stuff and it gets to the, the love interest and that I was like. I feel like we've seen all this done better before. This just feels like we're doing the same things again. I don't feel anything from these characters. This is yeah, by there's like a weird part. seduction scene too that is, is sort of a play on... Because when I was watching it, I was remembering the one from The Invisible Woman and how like well that worked. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm just like, I, just, I don't understand why she's fallen for it. <laughs> I don't know. Like she's getting all hot and bothered by this... By him like... Uh, not revealing himself but uh yeah uh, i guess we'll wait till spoilers and stuff yeah yeah but okay we'll get specific to talk about it. 
Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, there is an actor in this that I really like from other movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just double check the name here. Yeah, Peter Lore, who I know mainly from the German film from 1931, Fritz Lang's M, which is a wonderful film, and he is very notable in that. Uh, he's got a very distinct face. Uh, he also has a very distinct voice. voice. Although I don't remember him speaking very much in that film. Well, one of the more notable things about that is he is very quiet. But I've seen him in other things. I've seen him in other things. Uh, he's in like the Maltese Falcon, I think, and uh, he's been on to be some in other things after. I recognize this. him well, from Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, that's another big one. He's he's a thirties, forties, fifties. He's in a lot of stuff, and. <laughs> So I was pleased to see him, and I thought, oh, he's got a lot of presence. He's, he's, he's one of the villains. I don't think that's a spoiler yeah. to say. I will say this. I never predicted what nationality he was supposed to be from Me neither. his first appearance in this. And He's he's not Hungarian or whatever he is in real life. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can fake that, though. But, like, I, I've seen him in German films before. Sure. And, of course, it's not, like, a far cry to, you know, at least to our ears, sort of, like... A Hungarian accent to us might not sound that different to a German accent, right? Or at least if he's trying to do more of a German accent. Because, I mean, everyone else in this movie who's supposed to have a German accent is barely trying, if no, all. I, lo- I particularly love the the prison guard who is blatantly from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of English accents instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like one or two who try to do a German accent and it just sounds a bit goofy. It yeah. doesn't quite work. Now, I understand why there's maybe not a lot of German actors they can get at this time because <laughs> it's sure. 1942 and they're at war with germany but you know it's, it's still it's they it stuck out to me so it's, it's fine whatever um but yeah he's uh he, he's not he's not player german nope <laughs> we'll just say, i'll just say that i mean it's actually really obvious if you go look at his name because i didn't know what his name was i didn't catch his name if you look at his know, yeah his, his name is gives it away <laughs> He's a very fine actor. Just, he's, a, he's a fine actor. He's actually not the role for him. He's quite good in this, actually. It wasn't until I realized what nationality he was supposed to be playing yeah, that I went, so oh, problematic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Especially when you, like, realize it after our 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 hero, our, our leading guy, like, has a very problematic line. Yes, yes. There's a line of dialogue that has not aged at all. <laughs> well, no. it, well, it has aged. It's not aged well at all, that's what I mean to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, so there's that. Um, I mean, the effects are, you know, they're kind of just up to the standard of the last one for the most part. Uh, because you're watching it in, like, higher quality now in HD, you can, you know, you can see some strings occasionally, or, um, mm-hmm. like the last one, occasionally you might see, like, a sort of faint outline of where the person is, which I actually don't mind too I much. Like that. Yeah, because it kind of mm-hmm. gives it this idea that they are there and there is kind of a slight tell sometimes. That's why we like the Predator when we talked about that. We like that yeah. there was a shimmer. There is there is a tell if you look for it, you know. Yeah. Well, it, de- it depends how they did the effect. If it's just strings, obviously there's no shimmer because there's no one yeah. actually there. Uh, but if they're doing something where the actor was in the... I, I think the first time they did it was a velvet like black suit, but I don't know what it was. Maybe, maybe it was still that. Maybe they'd moved on to like a, a more traditional... Uh, Oh no, it can be green screen because they're in black and white, so they can't use green yeah. and blue screen. Ah, so, no, so, never mind. There's a, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of good effects that I really enjoy. Like, um, there's one with a net that I think looks really good. Sure. Um, 
And then like the standard like antics that he gets into, you know, coffee cups that are flying around and stuff. It's it's fun. There there is a a scene that's interesting where instead of just wrapping himself up in bandages, this one does something a little bit different where he puts cream on. Mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of notable how his hands just after he puts the cream on them, they just look like hands. I'm like, okay, that's a bit of a bit of a cheap tell. You're being a bit too on yeah, the nose and his that. teeth are exposed. I would have appreciated that, yeah. if he had like black ink or something. That, like, that, that would have been so easy to do. That was the the worst part. I was just getting to the face because I because that was the problem I had with the hands. But then he started putting it on his face, and I was okay. So he's going to do that. He's going to put the sunglasses on. And it's going to be kind of like the bandages from the first one, but it's going to be this like he's. I'm, but first question is, why are you even doing this? Like, who cares? Like, the, the person you're with knows you're invisible. You know, yeah. you've already put the robe on to get warmed up. But who cares it's, if you're making your face? It's seduction scene. But but you're you're behind enemy lines. This is a stupid time to, like, making yourself visit. Now you're just going to have to wash this off later to, to be visible He makes a lot again. of stupid decisions. I mean, he's not a professional secret right. agent. But like you said as well, once he's got this on his face, all of a sudden his teeth are also visible. Like, well, did you put the cream on your teeth as well? Yeah, like, it's such a Like, it would have been so easy to put, like, black ink on. I mean, yeah. the Japanese have been doing it for centuries before. Like, it was just part of, like, the female makeup routine was to put on, like, the black ink. Like, a lot of the traditional, like, films that you watch, if you see, like, women in... Um, with higher status they'll like actually put black ink on their teeth and stuff to or hide even, like their emotions or even if not actually like you know like maybe even just like a set of teeth that are already colored yeah like sure. something yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, or even just, just seems like okay this has been around forever like why not just do it yeah or, or even like uh you know like a mouth guard like just have like a black version of that that would cover the yeah. teeth anything you know it's whatever it just it felt it feels a bit uh like an oversight that just kind of stuck out, but, but I mean, otherwise the effects are fine. There's, there's a couple of fun moments. I, I I still enjoy whenever like the, the the sitting in the chair, so you can see you can see like the the ass indent like going mm-hmm. like that's a fun little effect that always works and looks good. Yeah, or walking through the barn and like all the haze moving around when he makes the steps. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, most of that stuff's fine. It does, but I'd also say there's not really a whole lot new either. There's no, nothing really spectacular that sticks out as being oh that was a fun trick whereas at least the last one well yeah it was a bit of a sex appeal thing but yeah when she was taking off the stockings and stuff invisible it definitely was a a fresh image as for yeah you know, the clothes coming off uh right well i think what we liked about that was that she got sexy by putting clothes on yeah yeah it was that kind was, of a funny reverse thing well which was also almost like a yeah like a just a play. It was, like a, it was a play on the trope. It was mm-hmm. especially for the time when you think that, you know, we we tend to think of meta commentary and like jokes like that as being a more modern thing. But it was it was always a thing to some yeah. extent, uh, and this was them having fun with that. So it's it's nice to recognize that in old old movies and old writing, where obviously there's still a lot of elements that are way behind the times and you know stand mm-hmm. out as quite dated. But then there's other little things you go, ah, no, there there were minds thinking, you know, thinking differently and thinking ahead, and that's that's kind of one of them. So, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll say the spoilers warning then, so we can dive in. Uh, the the movie opens uh, with our our Peter Lore character and our sort of main German villain, Conrad uh, Stauffer, 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 whatever his name is, and they go to see Frank. 
Raymond, who is the grandson of the original Invisible Man, which made me immediately think, wait, what What, what year was the original Invisible Man set in? Like, Yeah, what, that movie came out in the 30s. Yeah, 33. It was only, what, nine years old at this point? Um, and maybe it, maybe it was more of a period piece. Maybe. More so than maybe it was. It came I, out. I can't quite remember. I, I think the problem with this is that to us, it didn't look like a period piece because it was like, ah, this is just what the thirties look. Like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe at the time it was really obviously like, oh, but I mean, that's the thing though. I mean, uh, it's probably detail we just forgot. But this is his fully grown grandson though. That that puts it at least. <laughs> like that's a big time period that's a big jump yeah especially yeah. especially since i because the second one if you remember it was the like the brother of the it original was guy Price. yeah yeah but it was, it was like the brother or the brother-in-law or something i remember the exact specifics but mm-hmm. that didn't feel like a period piece i had like the big main all the main car stuff and that didn't feel like it was like a super no it felt like it was of the time yeah, I mean, Invisible Woman's kind of separate because it was kind of almost out of continuity. They never referenced, yeah. I don't think, the, the first two. So Whereas this one ties it back into the first film. Uh, but in just a weird way that made me go, wait, what year was that first one set in? Because this this guy's like 35. And he's maybe the, the grand... Because at first they said nephew, and I'm like, oh, it's been maybe... Okay, maybe he already had a nephew who was like a teenager in the first mm-hmm. one uh, that they never brought up. But I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's his grandson. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay fine we'll we'll go with it actually the first thing that really bothered me about this because i thought that scene was fine which is the you know them coming in he's like uh uh what would you call it his his job role uh, it's not like some sort of um like pulp mill or something it's or like, like he maybe does... he's some sort of carpentry no, no, he does like, uh, like he, he does like not embroidery, but like, uh, he does like lettering and stuff like that, and like mm. letterheads, and you know, because because he's got like a brochure of paper that you can pick from and things, you know. Like, yeah, he had a, the paper cutter was the I, big. I, I'm thing. sure, I'm sure there's a name for this this job role that I, I am blanking on, mainly because we have just you know computers and printers now that <laughs> do a lot of this. No, it doesn't exist. It absolutely still exists. There's definitely fancy places you can go to to get all these professional things done. But In scrapbooking places. <laughs> yeah, but like obviously, that's the what reg- he does. He's a scrapbooker. Regular folk don't tend to use, they use them as much. It's more something that a company goes to use now. But um, regardless, so so these Germans came in and they want to pay him for the the formula, his grandfather's secret formula, because they want to have their own invisible agent. And he denies that he really knows anything about it. He's like, I don't have it. Like, we t- like, even if my grandfather had such a thing, like, why would I I'm have that? I'm just working at a Kinko's. Right? <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking, yeah, I, I, I agree with him. I believe him. Like, why, why would he know anything about this? Why would he have this on his possession? And then after, like, they, they, they threaten to cut off his fingers in the paper cutter and they get menace and it's a fun, fun little scene and he sort of, like, escapes by, like, throwing some punches and sort of, like, dives out the window and, like, it, it sort of shows that he is kind of a capable guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he escaped, like, four of them. But then the very next scene, he's taken to, like, you know, local military and he's told that it's okay, but, I mean... So we accepted that you'd change your name and we weren't going to come bothering you because, you know, we accepted your privacy. But now that you've been exposed as the, the grandson of the Invisible Man, we want your formula so that we can send an invisible agent behind enemy lines. 
And he's like, look, I'm just, I'm never giving that out. It's too, it's too dangerous. I'm never going to do it. I'm like, okay, so he's, he does have it. Okay, fair enough. He knows, he knows it exists and he does have access to it. Fine, whatever. I'll buy that. And then, because he ends the scene by saying something like, there's nothing that could happen that will make me ever hand this over to anyone. And then it cuts to a montage. Extra, extra. <laughs> it cuts to a montage of newspapers uh, about Pearl Harbor. So clearly this first couple of scenes were set before Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to a big meeting. The Allied nations are all together. You, you, you've got different you know, nationalities around this big table. And they bring him in. And he's like, all right. I agree that times are dire and we have to use the Invisible Man formula. However, my stipulation is, is that only I will use it because only I know uh, the intricacies and how potent it is. And I'm like, how do you know how potent it is? Have you been experimenting? Are you a chemist? Like, you, you cut paper. You do lettering. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you such an expert all of a sudden? I know. And everyone, like, just agrees to it. <laughs> After they admit, well, you know, we have people who, like, are really trained for this type of thing and are we're, probably we're... more suited than you, and you might die. <laughs> and if you die, that's it. No more invisible. We're, we've agent. got Marines. We've got the Expendables. We've got the 1942 equivalent of Arnie and Stallone. <laughs> They're ready to go. And you're saying, no, I, the paper man, am <laughs> going to use this formula. Joey Ballerman as well is that he brings up that there's a danger that as you know that was a big part of the first movie is that it makes makes the main character you know makes them go mad right and then that was Mm -hmm. obviously something that was a big part of the second movie as well and it was dropped for Invisible Woman but that was more of a comedy so he's kind of like fair enough let it go but he brings it up he actually brings it up in the opening couple of scenes and then it doesn't feel like it's ever a factor. It's not like they're running against the clock because he's starting to go more mad. It's not like there's a danger of him acting more, you know, erratic as the movie goes on. It's just never really. And I think, I think it's mentioned once again that it could happen, but it never does, or even shows right. any signs of happening. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't come off like when he makes poor decisions. It doesn't come off that he's going crazy, and that's why he's trying to do things like, or why he's doing things like wrong. It just comes off as he's just acting stupid. It, like, it comes off like he's uh, like Ace Ventura or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really not good. And I mean, that was such a a huge part of the first one because it, it, it's really like a, a, an interesting talking point of whether the serum makes you mad or having the power of invisibility is just too tempting to be bad. You know, like mm-hmm. what would you do if you were invisible kind of a thing? Like that was such a fun idea from the first one. That, that was the, that was the heart of it. That was the, what yeah. made, gave it some weight beyond just being a really fun movie. Yeah, sure. Was, was those questions? And then this movie's just like, or you can constantly try to expose your super secret operation. Yeah, <laughs> that will save the country. Now to give it, it's one standout scene for effects is probably when they're dropping him in uh, to Germany. Yeah, the parachute. He's in the parachute and he goes invisible while he's dropping in. And there's, there's actually some like Nazi soldiers watching him, and he sort of fades away and he starts taking he off starts his clothes stripping. while he's dropping in the parachute. He really should have just, you know, parachuted naked. Yes. <laughs> it, but I get why they didn't have him do that because they wanted to have the effect. They wanted to still have it look cool as the clothes. It does look fun. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. And that's when you get the stuff in the barn where the soldiers are trying to like pin him in and all the rest of it. And he obviously gets away. And he, so this is the thing, 
he goes to a carpenter in in Germany uh, who like okay this is like as you know a double agent or this is someone that is planted from the allied forces they've got an ally mm-hmm. here which makes sense obviously that those those did exist in Nazi Germany of course they did and because it goes without saying that not every German was in support of what the Nazi party were doing right um and this old man's like there to like help him and give him what he needs and okay that's fine and then he goes to our love interest character uh, Maria uh, Sorensen right and I Don't never stoop. I thought the reason why he went there in the first place is because she was another ally that he was told about until the very end of the movie where it played it like a like a reveal that she was like an agent who was working for the allied forces all along like I thought that's why you went there I thought yeah, that's she why definitely you... would have been like the best person to give the the invisible formula to because she like knows all the people she knows where mm. to go she knows the area she's the territory like she would have been like the perfect agent it, <laughs> invisible it, agent it, it just it, bo- it boggled my mind because i that's exactly why i thought you went there in the first place but i, I guess it was just ah no because the the because her not her husband but the, the the nazi officer who's infatuated with her is the guy who came to see him at the start of the movie who wanted the formula. And I don't think it's that long since that happened because I think he just gets back from his travels. Like, you know, we find out that he's just back later in the movie because it's actually his lackey who's trying to kind of, like, undercut him and, like, take his job and take his missus uh, mm-hmm. while he's away. Because it's this more kind of sleazy slapstick character, this Nazi who wants to steal her and he comes over and brings a lot of food he's like look at all this fine dining i've stolen from multiple countries that we've invaded yeah uh, here's some that was kind of funny yeah uh <laughs> and all throughout this sequence where invisible man's there he's staying quiet because this nazi officer's there and she's going to try and get him to talk and like reveal okay because the big thing is that they're going to like try and attack the u.s at some point and they want to know how how and when and how to stop it blah mm-hmm. blah and he starts bragging oh i was speaking to the Fuhrer today myself and he was talking about this and she was starting to get him to speak and then our idiot main character starts playing practical jokes yeah he starts like eating his food and like kicking him in the butt and stuff <laughs> what are you doing he was going to talk he was spilling the beans and you're you just sabotaging dist- <laughs> this operation and you just got here all he's doing is distracting him and making him do anything but talk about what he wants to talk about it, yes I, I get it he's wearing a nazi uniform we all want to see him be hurt but like <clears throat> clearly you want to hold off and maybe just kill him at the end i don't know like after he talks and says all the things you need to know <laughs> yeah all of this is just like it, not only does it not make sense in the context of the plot which is the worst thing about it let me make that clear yeah. like that, that's not making sense in the context of what he's actually trying to do is infuriating and is, is the worst thing about it but all of the little jokey things he's doing mostly just feel like things that we saw already in the previous movies but done better yeah. you know eating drinking all you know all these things that are just like and the 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 woman in this is like totally into it and understanding of why he's doing it and it's like she should be so infuriated right now yeah she's giggling and laughing she's like it's like you're a especially with the context of knowing that you're definitely an allied like you know agent who's behind enemy lines and working for everyone else and you you have an undercover getting close to the right people for presumably months if not years 
and this asshole is blowing the entire plan in like <gasps> seconds, not even right. minutes. Like he, he, like it's like forty seconds. He immediately just destroys everything. <laughs> like, but she's into it. She's 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 she just turned on by the invisible cock. I, I don't know what it is. She is. Like she really <laughs> is. Because after he leaves, this is when we get the cold cream scene for the first time, and like as he starts to put it on his hands, and his hands are becoming exposed, and she's like, oh. He's just, he has great hands. They're human <laughs> hands covered in cream. Like, what is going on with you, woman? <laughs> I guess it worked. I guess he was just so good at beating up an, uh, a, a Nazi and so good at, like, practical jokes and eating his pheasant. <laughs> I... I can't sum it up any better than that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I, she I does. She, she has a serious lady boner for this invisible dude, which I, 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 I don't have a problem with that being like part of a plot. Like I have no problem. Like the idea, you know, it's just kind of like a, a more funny version of her where you can't see the person, but you see them and maybe you connect with their, their sense of humor, their personality. But this guy, as well, we've point- done in the invisible woman yeah. and it was great. But as we've pointed out, <laughs> This guy is annoying, has ruined all of their serious plans that we're supposed to do, and is being immature. There is nothing about him that should be making her go, Oh, shiver me timbers. <laughs> I mean, he is handsome, but like... She doesn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like standard 40s Hollywood handsome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... We cut to, uh, so so the sort of the chubby Nazi guy, the the the, the, the you know the, the the goofball one, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say Heiser maybe Carl Heiser, uh, he goes back to his boss who's now returned, and we see oh it's the guy from the start of the movie, it's him, it's like okay that makes sense that they introduced him as a, so villainous and obviously, uh, Peter Lore's character as well as the really intimidating one, then they're going to come back and they're both back and that's fine, and. When he starts trying to explain why he's got food all down his uniform, like he's you know, he starts listening. He's like, You're telling me that the food just came at you? Like there's like so it's okay, this makes sense. Our villains are aware that this is possible and they're speculating that because they tried to do this that the Allied forces have have started doing it instead, right? It's not it's not mm-hmm. a huge leap. Uh to the point where he comes to uh, you know, main woman's house, Maria's house and storms in with a couple of guards and basically demands some things, yells at both her and Chubby Guy, uh, arrests Chubby Guy for trying to take his job and his woman uh, and gets him arrested on the spot, which, he, you know, they all know means he's going to be executed like, the next day because, you know, that's in Germany. And yeah. basically just, you know, makes a scene. And it's all a trap. Because he's, he's he's doing this suspecting that there's an invisible agent there. So, at the end of the scene, when she goes, okay, they're gone now. Where are you, Frank? Frank! And she starts, like, <laughs> feeling around. And and after not feeling him, like, after a couple of quick attempts, she's like, oh, I'll go back to bed then, just takes off her robe. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll start getting naked. <laughs> I don't know if that was a thorough search, uh, Missy. But it's obvious what's happened, though. He's left to follow them back to his like office to his headquarters so that he can get some some deets right he's gonna go rummaging and that makes sense 
But of course, our genius villain... Well, and I like that he's smart enough to like sort of set this trap. I do like that the villain is like thinking a- ahead of this. Mm-hmm. He comes in and catches him looking through files and he's like, okay, I know you're here. Uh, sit in the chair and swing so that I know you're there the whole time. And he's very intimidating about it. He's got guards outside the door. He's got him kind of trapped. I'm like, okay, no. Our villains... And now this kind of flips the... You know, from the first two movies, especially the second movie, which was, okay, we are... Our protagonist is the Invisible Man and we're watching all the police who are... From, from our point, point of view, the antagonist, because they're trying to stop our main character. They're mm. all trying to stop him. This is an interesting flip on it where... Our invisible man is actually our protagonist in the sense that he's the good guy and not just the the, the villain. But we've got like a villain who's trying to stop him and is outthinking him and doing all these things. Uh, so I appreciate the setup of that, but our main character's just dumb enough that it's it's just like, of course he fell for it. Like mm-hmm. it like it diminishes how smart our villain looks when our main character was shown to be so stupid up until this point in the movie. It doesn't right. feel like, oh, you caught him. Oh, I wonder how that happened. Because yeah, right. <laughs> uh, basically, he uh, sets a fire, which means... Yeah, because that- he's trapped inside this yeah. building in this room, so and they're, they're, it is kind of a clever way to escape. They're up four stories, so he can't just jump out the window. So he starts a fire, causes some chaos. The fire truck's coming because they put a ladder up to the window. He's able to like go down the 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 ladder from the, the truck, uh, not without getting his booty first. He does. He does get the the journal with all of the all the double agents who are in the U.S. All all the convenient. Yes. So that, that's convenient what, that it's all in one leather book, leather bound book. So, which and apparently that the 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 the, the villain dude got this from Peter Lowe's character. And this was actually the first sort of indication that he was actually from a different group, that he wasn't just one of the Nazis. And I was like, wait, who's, how is he separate then? Because he gets yeah. kind of messy. He's like, hey, you swore you would look after that book with your life. And you right. know what that means. <laughs> it's like, if yeah. I go back to my country without it, they're going to kill me. Like, where, where are you from? Yeah, where are you from, <laughs> from exactly? <what> um, <laughs> the next part for me is a little bit of a blur. Uh, we, we have... I think he's with her again a little bit, but he's also with, um, he goes to the jail cell the, where Chubby yeah. uh, Nazi is. And basically, Chubby Nazi freaks out because there's someone talking to him for a bit, but ultimately he's like, hey, I'm going to go steal a plane and I need you to fly it uh, and take me to London. And, you know, I'll call ahead to make sure they don't shoot us down, but like, they're going to kill you, so you might as well help me and we can escape mm-hmm. together. And it's like okay, uh, like I, I I will say this. I was a little bit worried too that it felt it felt weird that we were kind of like making an ally out of this guy because he's well a Nazi and he's he's been shown to be a piece of shit. But to be fair, the movie sticks to its like its guns in the sense that he is still a piece of shit and mm-hmm. he gets come up and and he is still a slime ball. The rest of the movie, like he, he he betrays everyone. He tries to betray everyone around him like constantly. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's it's all fair play in that sense. I, I'm not critiquing that, but um, so you, you've you've got that, and they're they're driving to the carpenters, but unfortunately for them, because because he had a plan to like get some coffins, I think, to like smuggle them onto a plane or something like. But unfortunately, the Nazis have already gotten a hold of the carpenter. They've been interrogating them. Uh, I did kind of like the one part of this where after they've interrogated them enough and mm-hmm. they've made them speak. They I say, 
yeah, sign this, uh, you know, this document just to state that you you weren't mistreated. And we obviously know that's bullshit because of what they've been doing to him. And he says, I can't. And he's like, you will not sign this? He's like, no, I can't. You broke my hands. I can't sign it. <laughs> honestly, I think I've seen this scene somewhere else. Like, it's been parodied somewhere. It may have been. It, honestly, it's... Like, it's very familiar. <laughs> it's... It, it's a very darkly funny scene. Yeah. It's a good bit... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little satirical scene on its own that I think works quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I knew exactly where you were going when you said you kind of liked this one scene. <laughs> like, I liked it too. Yeah, because it's... I, I think I would have seen it somewhere. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I, I almost wanted, like, a bigger reaction from the, from the Nazi where he's like, oh, yes, well, maybe that was a bit short-sighted <laughs> on our part. Hmm. <laughs> no, it, it's more just that, okay, seed silver. Take more. Yeah. Because uh, you think because he's I'll like... Just, a, I'll write your signature for you. Who knows? Because you think he's been a man of principle. He's like, no, I will not sign that. I have been heavily mistreated. No, he's just, they broke his hands. He, he literally cannot sign it. Yeah. Um. So, fair play. But anyway, so there's a trap in the store. Uh, Mar- Maria's there. Our main character thinks she betrayed him, and that's why he was caught. And it wasn't just because the villain was smart enough to lure him into a trap. And because he's just such a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't believe that she's on his side and she's trying to plead with him and say that she is. Uh, the Nazis are watching outside, but they never quite come in. It's actually the Japanese who have laid a trap like, with a net and all these fish hooks to like trap him. And it's like, okay, all right, that's a neat... Yeah, it looks a little hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. just you see the net with all these hooks coming off of it like Ugh, pinheads here but you know it's not it's notably <laughs> kind of nasty and in walks peter lore and three japanese mm-hmm. uh characters right yeah did you think it was odd that he seemed to be working for the japanese government i, I did i did think that was uh, you know a little little bit odd um and i was like oh so he's working with them that's that's interesting and it was at this point i went Surely he's not meant to be Japanese. And I, I looked up IMDb, and the character's name is Baron Akito. Oh. And I went, oh dear. He's just meant to be Japanese. Yeah, I guess so. Baron's not a Japanese name, though. Or I guess it's a title, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, What's yeah. a name and a title? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll do a thing where he was like, accepted by japan and like he took a japanese name or something like but i feel like i'm giving the movie too much credit I, like it's more likely it's just stupid and insensitive mm-hmm. given the time period yeah so and, and then when he wakes up back at the the, the japanese embassy or whatever we, we went after this uh like our main character says oh, all you japs look look the same which obviously is a, hell, a terribly prob- problematic line, right? And super racist. But it's got this extra layer to it when one of them is not actually Japanese. Yeah, I think he says it to him. Yeah, it, it's like, what? None, none of this. <laughs> none, none of this is okay or right or, or makes any sense. It's all wrong. Nope. nope. And uh, yeah. It's not like they didn't have Asian actors because there were Asian actors there. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if they were specifically Japanese, but they definitely had at least some Asian actors portraying mm-hmm. these these like sort of side characters. But no, that was kind of weird. Uh, kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, like again, again, if like you know, if there's a story reason for this, or there's like a, a whatever, but 
it, it didn't even feel like it was meant to be a surprise to me. Yeah. It just kind of felt like we were supposed to know he, he was with the Japanese yeah, the whole time. I don't know. Like, there was no accent, which, I don't know, maybe is better. Well, and there yeah, no- I mean, he has his accent, which is notably very European sound, which is why he's he's the one character from the what I thought was the Germans who sounded vaguely German because he has right. a he has a Hungarian accent, which is, you know, in the ballpark. Yes. <laughs> so, so it was very that, this was this was not exactly the same, but it was very close to Highlander when Sean Connery shows up and says, my name is Ramirez and I'm a Spaniard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not quite that but it's right it, it, yeah you know there's definitely a similarity it was a surprise and i was thinking like how do they how are they making this like a, a thing like is he is he half japanese and like half german or um but then he goes like full japanese in his end scene oh you mean when he came at seppuka <laughs> yes <laughs> in front of the buddha <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Invisible Man's fourth movie, we have a character committing seppuku at the end. Uh, There's a lot of murder in this film, actually. I was surprised by it. Yeah, surprised. Maybe, maybe the 40s eased up on the murder rules. There's a lot more mm-hmm. killing going on. Uh, still not particularly visual or bloody. You know, you never see blood or you never see whatever, no. but yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, so... But even at the start of the movie, when they put the guy's, you know, the main character's fingers under the paper cutter, and it's sort of like inching towards his fingers, that felt quite dark compared to mm-hmm. maybe what we've had so far in in this franchise. And I think maybe that was just a a sign of the times and like. Or when when they escape the um, when they escape the prison, and the guy goes back to, and like even though they've um, you know, uh, gotten the guards down and stuff, and they're out and they've taken the clothing, he still goes back and he shoots both of them. Like just two shots he hear, and then goes walks away. Like oh, yeah. I guess he felt the need to murder them after all that. It's a little bit vicious, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, there's a struggle. He fights them a bit. He gets away. There's... He he kills our other villain first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then because he gets away, that's why uh, our man Peter Lord came at Sepiku. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, surreal saying it, uh, but he he makes a break for the plane. Uh, I don't even remember how he runs into Maria again. When does she? How does she meet uh, up with him? She's there. She shows up because he's on. He's laying on the bed after the fish hook. Right, right, right. He's okay. taken off of him, and he says like, like um, Maria, something <laughs> when she walks in. Yeah. So 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 they escape together. Yeah, they, they they run away, they get to the airfield, they grab a plane, and um, basically our, our chubby Nazi, who witnesses the death of the guy whose job he was trying to steal before, he watches that and gets, gets this little sly smile on his face. He's like, oh. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he actually runs after the plane and tells everyone there, ah, there's, a, there's a foreign spy on that plane, shoot it down. So we get actually like a... A plane action sequence where uh, they bomb all of the the air air base uh, mm-hmm. to to take out all the planes. So that I mean, they don't know when this attack to New York's coming, which they, because they, they mentioned it earlier they on. They do, was, yeah, yeah, they do. Actually, they know they. It's told that I think, I think they do. It's it's happening tomorrow. The the fat Nazi guy says it. There's a light. He says something. I th- I thought he said. 
I might not know when this has happened, but I can do something about it. Maybe it was like, I can't tell them in time, but I can do something about it. Maybe that was that, the line. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Uh, but he starts dropping bombs on all the planes, and I'm like, okay, that's effective enough. Um, but did they, uh, just, I have a question. I have, I have a really okay. important question. When they get in the plane, and he tells Maria to take off, did, did, you, did you go, wait a minute, she can fly a plane? <laughs> Was that, was that something that ended in your She's head? She's fully instrument rated in Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> I was like, have they established that she is a functioning pilot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I missed that part if they did. <laughs> if, if there was a line mentioning that she can fly a plane, then fair enough. But I, didn't, I did not catch it. I mean, it makes sense that she can fly a plane uh, when we find out afterwards that she's actually a double agent. It makes it more likely for sure, yeah. Uh... But, but the fact that he just assumed that she could. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't know that. He just he's just like, yeah, yeah, you take the wheel. Like, what? <laughs> She's gonna lift off. Like, not that I expect him to. If he's like the fact that he was releasing the bombs was weird to me. I'm like, how did you know how to do that? You do paper and lettering. <laughs> well, times were simpler back then. You do. You... Maybe planes were simpler. Maybe they had a button that said, you know, hit to release bomb. You give people, like, fancy paper for wedding invitations or business, like, you know, with letterheads. <laughs> well, that was his double life, right? <laughs> he was on witness protection. It wasn't a double life to begin with. It was just the life he chose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, like, wants to be a cobbler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Make shoes. <laughs> dear. Uh, uh, so th then, so there's a lot of like spotlights looking up at the uh, the the plates and stuff. Um, uh, the other characters show up though and shoot our chubby guy, so he does get his uh, nasty ending. He gets come up and swear like, no, yeah. he was meant to be a prisoner. He escaped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. He gets he recognized dies. and yeah, murdered. Uh, so that's all fine and well. Uh, when they're on their way back into the UK, they do get shot at a little bit. And then they actually have to... Because they're in a German plane. Yeah, 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 they're on a Nazi plane. Because uh, he falls asleep. In fact, the only symptom he ever gets from being invisible in this movie is that it makes him sleepy and he takes a nap twice. He does it yeah. once in the middle, early on, when he explains that this... Oh, this makes me tired at the random times. And I'm like, well... Are you sure it's just not that you've... It's been a day since you slept? Because it feels like you've been through a bit of an adventure by the time you got to that point. And... <laughs> And at the end, he just he falls asleep in the plane, so he can't radio to tell them, "Hey, by the way, we're on this plane. Uh, maybe uh, don't shoot us down." He's got the bends. <laughs> that's the uh... <laughs> so that's the hidden cost of becoming invisible is that you get the bends when you fly. So she's uh, able to like make sure he's got a parachute on, so they both parachute down. The soldiers that find him lying there, invisible, obviously the English, yeah, yeah, English soldiers. They're like, he's got no head. He's like, blimey, George. blimey, yeah, a lot of that. They're extra English, and then, yeah. So he wakes up in a hospital bed or whatever, and she comes in to see him for the first time since, like, presumably they get taken to like yeah. a debriefing, and like you know, the the guy's like, "Hey, she's an agent for us all along." And he's like, "The doy," and she's like, "I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't believe me." Um, you're right. You are a woman after all. But somehow he's like planned a trick in her where he's put the cream in his face as if he was still invisible. 
But then when she tries to wipe it off, like there's just skin underneath, and then he takes off the the head that and the the glasses, and it's it's him. He's, he's, and she's he's, like, oh my god, you're beautiful. Yeah, she does. She, <laughs> she, she does the whistle. She does the. I can't do it, but the the woohoo that, that thing. I can't do it. Yeah. There we go. There you go. She does that, and then they well they kiss basically. <laughs> and that's that's and it. the end. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the movie. Uh, despite the fact that this had the most intriguing concept of any of the sequels so far, and despite the fact that this could have been a good, interesting movie, and like, and not even just in one way, it could be the serious, tense movie where you're actually trying to steal enemy plans, and it could be really suspenseful. It it could be more of a comedy movie with different comedy that's not just been the same as the last couple. You could have a main character who's not an idiot and unlikable. Yeah. All of, any of these options would have made this at least fun, if not really good. As it is, it's, I mean, it's not the worst thing. It's not terrible or unwatchable. It's just not that good. I mean, I wouldn't. I know you're not a fan of Bond, but I wouldn't mind watching an invisible James Bond movie. He'd probably be kind of rapey, though. That's I mean, real. <laughs> if the whole movie's invisible, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, the idea of being invisible is probably quite enticing to a, a secret agent sure sure it has a lot of advantages uh yeah. it would almost be nice to see a secret agent try to actually employ and use that invisibility to do some things because that's the other thing like he doesn't actually do that much with his invisibility behind enemy lines before he's just sort of racing back to like fly home like there's there's, there's the hijinks dinner scene there's the sneaks into the office where he gets caught, which is the second time he's really doing anything with these invisibility, and then he, he gets caught by the Japanese, and it's all about the escape at that point. So I mean, honestly, the the woman is already like hooking up with the main guy who's got the book. It seems like she could have done this whole thing without him, and without the invisibility serum. Yeah, and he's an idiot. He's not that likable, and because she's just immediately impressed with him, it kind of makes her not that likable and kind of dull by association yeah so Peter Lore obviously has got a lot of screen presence uh, so he is you know it's hard not to be yeah. like just fa- you know uh, fantasizing when you think he's a German you're like ooh he's a good German yeah yeah <laughs> like he's a good villain it's hard not to be like I don't know hypnotized maybe is the word I'm looking for when he's on screen because he's got he's got yeah, a presence he's, he's got interesting. a look. he's got a sound mm-hmm. he's, got, he's got these yeah. eyes that just stare into your soul like he's just you know <laughs> He yeah, does what he's doing. He, he uses it well. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah. that's that's a point. Because that's the thing. I think we were expecting the last one to kind of suck and it ended up being actually a pretty decent little movie. I, I Honestly, I think the the Invisible Woman is probably the best one other than like the first one so far. I would I would agree with that. I, I think two and three are actually kind of close, but they're, they're both... They both the positives in each are different. The, the, you know, they're, they're both yeah got, got good elements that are different, which is nice. Sure, yeah. Um, this is easily the weakest one though, so far. Totally. Easy. There's another one that came out like two years later. Well, you know, you bring that up because it's something we'll probably be doing, won't it? Probably. I'm just going to go and confirm the details. I think there's a lot of uh, invisible movies that I guess <laughs> we. Uh, I, I didn't realize there was this long franchise. Uh, I know I've seen the Chevy Chase one. I mean, I, I mean, we'll probably still do that, but I wouldn't necessarily count that as... 
you know, the same franchise. Yeah. You know, I, like I wouldn't count the Elizabeth Moss one as part of this franchise. I'd say that. Oh come on. No, no, no. It's a separate restart kind of thing. But we're going to do it, though, right? Of course we're going to do it. I mean... Uh, okay, because I like that one. Uh, but, um... Yes, it's very good. I, I already reviewed it on screens, but I'll happily uh, talk about it again. Um, so, yes. I had to do some digging there to get the film series so that I could actually see things. Alright, so obviously we did the Invisible Man. We did Invisible Man Returns. It wasn't Revenge, it was Returns. Pardon me, Yeller. Mm-hmm. Invisible Woman, an Invisible Agent, obviously here. Uh, the next one is The Invisible Man's Revenge. Mm. So, that's coming up next. That's where the title came from that you thought it was. Yeah, yeah. So there's a revenge one. It's just it's the, the fifth one. <laughs> yep. Not the fourth. So Is it Vincent Price? Is he back? I don't believe so, no. Oh, maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's Frank. I don't think so, but I do see the name John Carradine. Okay. Is that related to? Uh, I th- I think so. I mean, doesn't he come from Hollywood family? His brother was an actor, like Keith Carradine and David Carradine. Yeah, yeah. David, Keith, and Robert are all his kids. Yep, yep. So cool. All right. We got Carradine in the next one. All right. <laughs> we got Hollywood royalty, mm-hmm. royal family of B movies. <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, this one. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a thriller action movie with Invisible Man in the same way that the first one, obviously, sci-fi horror. Second one, still mm-hmm. kind of sci-fi horror. Uh, third one was more sci-fi comedy. But this one actually delved way more into comedy uh, rather than the war movie that I thought it was going to be. Uh, this yeah. next one looks like it's back to more of a... Uh, more horror-leaning. So we'll see uh, what it does. Which I think you'd expect with the, the name Revenge. Revenge. Like, it sounds like it's going to be more yeah. serious again. Just like when they did it in Jaws. Hey, it built Michael Kane in a, an ace house. So. <laughs> I've heard that, yes. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, a great quote. So, I guess we should rate Invisible Man. Oh, sorry, Invisible Agent. Sorry. Okay, I'll start. That's usually the sequence <laughs> of events, yes. I just, wanted, I just wanted to say it, so it uh, felt like I was in charge. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still... I, I think it's still pretty watchable. Uh, although there are some problematic elements mm-hmm. to the film and you do sort of hate the the main character, which is a shame, but it, it's still entertaining. So I'll give it a, a 5.5. Yeah, I, I think I will just undercut you slightly and just go with a straight five. It's mm-hmm. It's got a couple of nice effects moments. There's a couple of actors that are good, but ultimately it's very middling because it's just not doing anything, despite the fact that the premise on paper it, sounds yeah, like it's doing it's something new. different it, it ultimately doesn't become anything that different and then you have a couple of particularly annoying characters dodgy elements um yeah so i i think i would i would land on a five out of ten uh, for this which is a shame, which is notably you know uh less than the last couple of sequels i mean not that mm-hmm. i rated the last two like super high above this necessarily in terms of raw numbers but i think there's a big difference between a five and like a six or a seven like a, a you know, like I think anywhere above a five, you're you're talking good movie. You're talking like yeah, worth the watch. Whereas I would say this is firmly on a yeah, you, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty skippable too. We'll see if it ties into the next one, but I doubt yeah, it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure either. 
but I, uh, I do like the the franchise is you know <laughs> is seemingly taking some sort of chances and and making things as different as they can uh, in the premise wise no i've like, not I, read the description of the next one and i'm not going to but given the title it sounds like it's going to maybe try and tie into the first one again in terms of having the history but i assume it's going yeah. to ignore this one which makes me think of there was a period of godzilla in japan where every single godzilla movie that came out was a sequel to the first film but not to the rest so it was always like ignore the rest and just this is just a direct sequel to the first one and i feel like the second film kind of did that i feel like this one kind of ignores the second one as just a sequel to the first one and i would mm-hmm. suspect that the next one might be just be a sequel to the first one so it feels like they're maybe kind of doing that to me. okay i don't know i could be wrong maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll reference this one and i'll be shocked but i don't think it's going to when do we get to invisible man takes manhattan or goes to space <laughs> well we've got we've gotten the one where it, it gets militarized just like in trancers 3 <laughs> or do we go back in time to the renaissance or medieval times oh yeah that's adding time travel like this let's put an invisible man back in medieval they're times they're two hg wells novels why not combine them <laughs> it's brilliant hire me hollywood i don't think you have to because people in present day are like oh my god that's magic <laughs> Because that, that's usually the joke, right? When you go back to that time sort of time period, is you have people, oh, that's magic because they use like a phone or something yeah. in front of them, um, or a TV. They see a TV and they're like, whoa, it's like a box with people in it. Oof. Mm. No, let's get on. I mean, hell, that shows you how old we are. That I even called it a box because TVs aren't boxes anymore; <laughs> they're rectangles. They are. <laughs> but hey, there you go. That's Invisible Agent. Um, you can let us know what you think of the movie if you have seen it in the comments below. Please do like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore plus for channel updates and like and subscribe and comment. They're super important. Ding in the bell for notifications. All YouTubers tell you to do it for a good reason because YouTube values it immensely in terms of dictating our success. So please do hit the buttons. Um, Tara is going to pose for the thumbnail. Okay. Three, two, one. Pause. <laughs> All right, we will accept it. Just make me invisible. <laughs> no, I did that last time. You got to be invisible for visible woman. Well, I got my guns out, so it should be. I'm the invisible agent. Are you? Are you trying to make Otherwise, yourself the agent? Otherwise, I'm just agent. <laughs> I don't want to be just an agent. Yeah, but that would if I make myself invisible, then it follows the movie where it should be the woman who's the agent because she's clearly more capable. <laughs> but I'm the invisible one. Yes. See? All right, all right. Whatever you want to do. See, the... You're the one that makes it after all. <laughs> hey, add layers to it, right? <laughs> Some subtext in the thumbnail. <laughs> but uh, and Tara's also going to tell you about Patreon. That's right. If you enjoy the reviews, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as those $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So you can see what the Transfer Saga is all about, because that's, we went through all of them. And there's some David Carradine stuff here, son of the Carradine who will be in the next Invisible movie. Um, some Garrett Graham movies, the greatest actor of all time. And, uh, 
If you donate $5 per month, you will get access to these reviews one day early and some other shows you get a whole week early and you get to vote on what we watch once a month. So head on over, check that out. Helps us out a lot. Thank you. I was just scanning the IMDb reviews because uh, I know some people missed that segment. <laughs> I was just see if there's any entertaining ones. Uh, I'll just say that there's one that's 3 out of 10 that says, at 6.0, this film is horribly overrated. We, we, we would say it's overrated. Overrated? I mean, people don't even know what this movie is. <laughs> I don't know, but go, going on the 6 out of 10 average. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't um, know, it's not that far from what we rated it. The Invisible Man in Self-Contradictory Wartime Propaganda. Yeah, it's kind of propaganda. I mean, we mentioned obviously it was made during World War Two. I suppose we never really talked about the the potential propaganda ness of it. Uh, I mean, in its depiction of the enemies, sure, but like, because all the all the Nazis and stuff are pretty stupid in this, mm-hmm. um, and are treated as slapstick jokes, which is pretty characteristic of a lot of war films that came out at that time. But the propaganda wise, I. I don't know how it's really propaganda-y. It's not really recruiting anyone. <laughs> I don't think. There's no 10-star reviews. <laughs> oh, okay. I checked. I checked. There's one nine. There's one, one nine. Oh, does this one agree with you? The title is The Wrong Agent Was Invisible. What do you mean you agree with me? Well, you... you said that it should be hard that got the visibility because she would have done a better job. Oh, is that what he's talking about? I, I don't know. I mean, there's a few paragraphs uh, so I'd have to read it to find out but the title makes it sound like it, it might be saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Commando Cody agrees, agrees possibly with that point. Uh, which I agree with as well. Sounds record, like a movie but, title. Uh, so, there you go. That's the show. That's the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, we'll be back next week with a movie that, as of yet, is undecided. Because uh, it could be one of two things, so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Ooh, hopefully I know. Uh, you, you do, deep down, inside. So I so I know which one to watch. Don't worry. I, I, will, <laughs> I, I will update you, Tara, <laughs> since you, you kind of need to know. It's a need to know basis, and you need to know. <laughs> it was is it uh, between two new movies? Kane, well, one new what movie. One of those new. One new, and then one thing that was just scheduled otherwise that we might push back to make room for the new movie. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess we'll keep it a secret this time. Sorry, guys. Yes. That is us. Thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer. Oh, actually, before I say this, are you going to say something after I do this? Because you didn't tell me you weren't going to say something last time, and my cadence was all wrong for the ending. Because I said it as if you were going to say something, and it sounded terrible. You ruined the end of my show. So I'm going to ask you right now, are you going to crack a joke if I, if no. I set you up? See? Now I know. Okay. <laughs> now I know. Alright. Keep watching science fiction. It can pure add salsa. <laughs>